You are listening to The 1% Christian, the daily Bible study where we get together for 1% of our day. We study God's Word and then we head out to the remaining 99% to do something amazing with this life that He's given us. I'm Pastor J.D. Ambrosio with Sound of Heaven Church in Deer Park, New York. You can check us out at SOH. Church. Download the Sound of Heaven app. A lot of great resources on there, including a free digital Bible that you can use to follow along with us here. And if you're listening anywhere where you get your podcasts, leave a like, share, subscribe, turn on your notifications, leave a nice comment, and that helps us to get in front of more folks. Uh, love that this Bible study is growing. So we are in Matthew chapter five. Uh, we just got through chapter four, obviously. And we are at the point now where Matthew begins to introduce some of Jesus's teachings. If you remember from the beginning of this study, and we are going through the gospel of Matthew line by line, chapter by chapter. And by the end of this, you'll be able to say, I read through the whole gospel of Matthew front to back. So uh, chapter one, right? We are in the genealogy of Jesus. We're in the birth of Jesus. Chapter two, we see the early uh, trials that the family went through uh, as uh, they had to kind of scatter through the region. Uh, And chapter three, we see Jesus baptized. We see John the Baptist, you know, preparing the way for him. And then Jesus ultimately baptized as well. Uh, When he's baptized, he's acknowledged by God. God says, this is my son with whom I'm well pleased and whom I love. Right. And then Jesus heads into the wilderness. And that was the last chapter, chapter four. He's tested in the wilderness. Now he passes the test right? He resists the devil, the devil flees. And then what does he start to do? He finds his disciples. He starts going through the land and preaching the good good news, right? That's the gospel. Gospel means good news. And he starts healing the sick, casting out demons, basically setting people free. This begins uh, a really big push uh, in his ministry Crowds start to gather, and now that crowds are gathering, he is beginning to teach. And what is he teaching? He's teaching that the kingdom of God is near. And when we say that, what do we mean? They lived in an old covenant, right? A covenant that was uh, between man and God uh, that was very driven by works. uh, But as God promised from the beginning that there was going to be a New covenant that is revealed through a Messiah, and through that, all people, not just the Jewish people, would be set free. And Jesus is teaching the principles of that kingdom and what it's like to live in it. Because when you get greater revelation of who God is in your life, you start to live a little bit differently. You start to live a little more free. Uh, You start to be more empowered. And we are now going into chapter five, which begins the first of what is really five separate teachings. Now, Jesus didn't necessarily structure it this way. He didn't walk around with five teachings, right? He taught all the time. But Matthew does, excuse me, an incredible job 
of laying this out. And he does it on purpose, right? He hits on five teachings that we'll go through. Uh, and remember, he's trying to make the connection between Jesus and the, all the uh, fathers of the Old Testament, right? Uh, the Of the scriptures that the Jewish people knew, right? The, the audience is mainly Jewish here. <clears throat> Moses wrote the first five books of the Bible uh, in the Old Testament. So it is thought that Matthew breaks it down this way, right? Five teachings of Jesus, because he's trying to show Jesus is like, a Mo I should say Moses was like Jesus, but Jesus is the fulfillment of all things that they have been waiting for. So we are at the Sermon on the Mount. So Jesus is on the mountainside and he is teaching the people. And what we're going to cover today is really the introduction to that teaching. It's a very, very well-known, and uh, I'm sure that you've heard it before. It's also in, it, known as the Beatitudes. It is where Jesus tells us what it means to be blessed. And that's the word that we're going to focus on today, is blessed. The original language is Koine Greek. And as you go from language to language, you realize that in some languages there are words that in others don't have an exact match. And that's what we're going to look at today. Because the word blessed is something that we use a little bit differently than it is uh, detailed here. So Jesus, in front of the crowd, teaching them how to live in the new kingdom of God. It's not new to the universe, it's it's new to them, right? Because they're living in a system where uh, there is disconnection from God. They're in, in temple worship. They've got to bring animal sacrifices to a temple and atone for their sins in that way. And Jesus comes on the scene. And what is he doing? He's preaching the good news. The good news is God loves the world so much that he gave his son, that those who believe in him shall never perish but have eternal life that there's forgiveness of sins that is eternal, not just temporary. So much to this kingdom, but it affects how we operate in every way. So let's start. Verse one. Now, when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him and he began to teach them. He said, blessed are the poor in spirit. For theirs is the kingdom of God. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So Jesus lays out this long list of ways that we could be blessed. Let's look at our use of the word blessed. 
right? If you look it up in the dictionary, you'll see blessed, right? Meaning holy, consecrated. Let's look at it in another way that we use it to receive something, a house, a car. We look at it that way or to be blessed, to receive, right? And and that denotes if you do something, you will be blessed, right? So let's kind of look at it that way. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Now, if this meant holy, right? Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. If that meant holy, think about it. Holy are those who mourn? That can't be. We can't look at it that way, right? Because what? If you're not in a state of mourning, you're not holy. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Now, holiness, right, and being consecrated is part of who we are. It's part of our journey right? Being holy. Now, none of us is perfect, right? But, but through God, we can find righteousness through Christ. We have righteousness in him, right? Where, where we have blemish and we, we have sin, you know, he stands in that way and we become righteous through him. We can, there's no other way to have that done. But the word blessed here is not the way that we see it. Lucky fortune, lucky are those who mourn, that doesn't make sense either. So we start to realize that this is not something necessarily that we uh, can receive and, and be taken away. It, it's a state of being, which goes back to the use of the word in the original language in the Koine Greek. This word in the Greek is the Greek word makarios. And again, it has a specific meaning in Greek that is not has no equivalent in our english so it's important to know what this word means it means in the greek to be in a state of bliss or happiness which may sound even a little bit more confusing right to be mournful is to be in a state of bliss but i want to break down three ways that the greeks use this word and 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 they used it only for three ways one to describe their gods Remember, the Greek gods, lowercase g, um, they believed were sitting on Mount Olympus, right? In this place of complete and utter bliss, right? So they looked at the gods and they said, oh, their existence must be one of bliss and absolutely no troubles whatsoever. The second way that they would use makarios is if you were dead. So if you were dead... You didn't have to deal with the struggles and the and the issues of this world, so you were makarios. If you've earned the right to uh, be in a good state after this life, they would consider you makarios, which would be a state of happiness, state of bliss. And then, thirdly, if you were so rich that you could basically pay your way out of any trouble, they would describe you as makarios. So in all three of those instances, we are talking about something that is unattainable to the common person. But that's exactly who Jesus was talking to. 
Macarios is something that is that is so wonderful and out there that you had to be a god, you had to be dead, or you had to be elite or like royalty and have all the money in the world to be able to handle it. Really what it is, is it means being able to live above the challenges and the trials and tribulations of this world. And Jesus was talking to common people just like you and I. And he says to them, as he starts off what it means to live in this newfound kingdom of God, a kingdom where you can have a connection and a relationship with God. We take for granted is that this was all new to them. Uh, They were living in a place of separation from God. Now you may say, well, I feel separated from God myself. And I will tell you that that is that our feelings can certainly be deceiving just because you feel, or I feel something doesn't make it true. God wants you. And that's part of the exercise that we're going through each and every day. God wants you to understand how close to you he is because when you draw close to him and you get the realization of the role that he plays in your life, you realize he's with you every step of every day. So blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. In a state of happiness, in a state of of contentment, blessed are the meek. That means gentle, for they will inherit the earth. We'll probably go, maybe take tomorrow and go through each of these and, and talk about these attributes. But really what I want you to take away today is really what that word blessed means. It means in this context, in this original language. And what Jesus is trying to get across to them is that there is nothing that you can deal with on a daily basis that you cannot rise above, that you cannot be in a state of perpetual contentment and happiness. One thing Jesus never promised was that we would have a perfect life. He didn't have one. He lived perfectly. But I mean, when I say perfect life, I mean, without trial and tribulation struggle. He dealt with that. But what what did he say? And we'll read this at a different time. He says, in this world, you will have tribulation. What? But be of good cheer because I have overcome the world. He paved the way for us. And you can live in a state of being blessed, blessed each and every day. You go into today and you say, I'm blessed. I'm above every struggle that I could go come across. I'm above every challenge, anything that you will encounter today. God, through his found kingdom, through, through the kingdom that he has given to us, through the new covenant with Christ elevates us above every struggle. So when you mourn, you will be comforted. You're given the power to be merciful to those around you that maybe don't deserve it. That's what mercy is. And because of that, you receive mercy. And it's kind of the other way around too, right? You, when you realize what Jesus did for us and the mercy that God has for us, we can begin to apply that to other people. So that's my prayer for you today is that you realize how blessed you are.
that you realize through Christ that he elevates you above every struggle. You don't have to be a false Greek God. You don't have to be dead. So many of us, we are in this mode of like, oh, when I get to heaven. No, no, no. Heaven starts today. Eternity starts today. What's on heaven? What did Jesus pray? He says, he says, our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You have the ability to possess that today. We don't have to wait for a day where God wipes every tear. He could wipe every tear. Doesn't mean there won't be tears. But when you know who you are in him, he can turn those tears into something amazing. He can elevate you above your struggles today. Just trust him. Just declare with your mouth, say, I am blessed. No matter what you're going through, say, I will be blessed today. I will operate in a state of being blessed. I will operate knowing that the God in me is greater than the things that I deal with in this world. And you'll have a different perspective as you encounter people today and pass on the good news yourself. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you for your teaching. We thank you for your love. We thank you that we are blessed. Father, I pray for every single person within the sound of my voice that they would know how blessed they are that they would look at their struggles around them and even now they would realize that that because of you that they are above those struggles that they can do all things through you who strengthens them and we go into this day knowing that in Jesus mighty name I'm Pastor JD Ambrosio at Sound of Heaven Church you're listening to the 1% Christian we will continue with Matthew chapter 5 tomorrow love you guys <music>